Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Can you build a startup with a 9 to 4 working hours? What is the enemy of creativity? Can you celebrate too much? And what are the life hacks for fundraising from the person who went from theater productions to being a startup CEO? This we have discussed with Jon Gunnar Thordason, CEO of Musila, an Iceland-based tech company that offers creative and unique digital learning solutions for your children. Tune in, enjoy, and see you on the other side. Jon Gunnar, welcome to the show. Thank you. So today I want to talk about your experiences from different disciplines, because you changed your career quite a, with a right sharp turn, I would say, in, in, at some point, right? You were producing and you were directing uh, theater performances. And then you went into the ad tech company as the CEO. Can you guide us very shortly how the jump has happened? Was it in one step or was it a gradual turn? It was when I was having my my second child. So me and Margaret Halka, my wife, we were having... Uh, uh, she was pregnant of Isabella and I was just thinking of of how to balance my life and in the theater world it is I mean I work a lot there but it is a lot also at times where you should be spending with your family which is evenings and weekends mm-hmm. and, and then I thought of how I can use the creative mind how I can uh actually still be in the creative world, but still get a decent job. So I started a course in Háskólun í Reykjavík, the University of Reykjavík, in MBA, and just learned about different kinds of scenarios where I could try to use my skills. And when I was finishing, the day I finished, I got the opportunity of starting here as a CMO, started in marketing, and then I took over the company one and a half year later. Okay, so you wanted more balance, and that's why you went into the uh, C-suite startup. Yeah. <laughs> startup. Yeah. Did you expect that it would be this, or, or did you go intentionally with understanding that it can be very heated moments as well, but you just hoped that it would be with more normal hours and you would still have some family time? Or how were your expectations there? Yes, it, uh, uh, it is much better. And the thing is that I also wanted to have part in creating the workplace or the culture of the workplace. And that is one of my main focus here is how to create a team with good culture, family-oriented workplace. And then my challenge is, uh, and I want to prove to everyone that it's possible to work efficiently nine to four and still have time at home and be there. And and that's what we are doing. And there are more people here that have small uh, children. And they perhaps 
choose Mozilla because of that as well, because uh, uh, in the job interview, uh, that's one of the offers. What a challenge. And I think here in Iceland, it might be a bit easier because it is a very family-friendly society in general mm-hmm. and family-focused society. But my audience is international and I think they're listening to you and thinking, from which planet is here? <laughs> so, dear genius leaders, that's the uh, Icelandic planet here. Uh, so, talk uh, Talk a bit about this experience of building a culture. I guess this is something that you had to do with uh, the whole production team, actors, everyone who is working backstage when you were back in the theater world. And what did you take from that to apply in the startup world? Yes, actually, I'm in in theater, I have been directing. I, I directed 40 productions. It's from small scale to large scale, from a little new writing fringe theater to large opera. And actually, I have been creating teams, 40 different teams, the whole time. And that is, uh, the balance needs to be right there. Otherwise, you won't get a good performance. And there needs to be trust between the actors and all this. And fear is the enemy of creativity. And that is what we take in here. And and now uh, I think the challenge is I had been creating teams constantly and, and then they are off after three months of work and it's a new team. But here it is, how do we create a team that's going to build the company together and we are all sailing in the same direction. And that is, but, but I really like that part. This is actually something I wanted to ask you. Of course, you have a lot of experience of starting up a team and yeah. getting them to talk to each other and actually row in the same direction on, on the boat. But those production projects, they were also short-term and temp- temporary. What were your challenges when you started applying the methods of building teams there into the startup world at Mozilla? Yes, it is also that that this, this crunch method doesn't really work when you are in the long term. So, so here we, we just need to remind ourselves, of course, there come big days or there are launches or we are creating a new app that is launched for the world or something. But we always need to think of it that this is just a part of the journey, the long journey. And we ce- celebrate small milestones on the way. But we just always need to keep on with a with a big plan. But it is, and and we also need to do more of it. But we, it is also challenging there to know where to celebrate. What do you mean? Because you need to stop and celebrate mm. success, and you need to celebrate milestones. Otherwise, this is just countless, endless uh, journey. Mm. But here in Mozilla, we are actually creating apps and we can celebrate one app is here or there is a school solution on the market or there is a a new learn path or new play path or new creative path and that's what we uh, we celebrate of course Mm. I experience my experience or my impression is that a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid of celebrating too much because they feel like that they will lose momentum and they will relax and not be They'll lose ambition just because they're celebrating those smaller achievements. Okay, is it? And that's yeah. why I asked you the question, what do you mean? So, yeah. Because I feel like for some people, challenge is to find enough things to celebrate, but not too many. Yeah. Do you feel like there is something like too many celebrations in the startup world? 
Nachtiers, but we want to celebrate in a different kind of things. It is more about motivating the team by by going bowling together or going swimming or going to the countryside or something. There is it's not a lot of partying here. Uh, we are it's a team of five and not not team of ten and six of them uh, of us don't drink even. So so it is a quite healthy workplace. And we need to, I mean, we even celebrated once by going and, and painting cups and, and making our own coffee cups. Is that from there? <laughs> no, this is actually from a, 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 an artist. Okay, because it but looks we beautiful. we created our own cups here. <laughs> mm. yeah. oh, that's wonderful. All right. Uh, if we go back to the topic of uh, experience from theater and uh, yeah. startup, one of the other things that I think you needed to do in both worlds is fundraising. Yes. So can you tell us what you what you feel like a lot of tech startups can learn from the theater world in that on that matter? Yes, in theater or actually when you are a theater director, you always need to have an idea of what you are going to do or what kind of play you want to pitch to the artistic directors or all the ones that are going to give you funds in order to do the project. So I had pitched this, these 40 plays that became real so many times. And that is, so you are always pitching. Uh, you are you are creating the, the deck, you are telling the story, the storyline, how you want to see it in the end. And that is actually the, the fun part, the, the storyline and the convincing part. And that's what I take here into investor talks or meeting people it is how how you're going to present the deck and how you're going to tell the story and and what is going to be the outcome so this is very interesting what you're saying about the story and actually making fun or having fun in this process because just while going here for the interview i was listening to a a podcast one of the podcasts of founders uh, talking to each other and both interviewee and the interviewer agreed that they barely know anyone who enjoys fundraising oh. as the founder or the CEO. So let's break that or let's give some tips of how people can use storytelling or find some other tricks yeah. to enjoy the process because it is a very stressful one. Yes, it is. But you, if you don't believe in it, then they won't believe in it. And you just need to tell the people that you are telling the story how you see the story and the story needs to make sense. So it, it has a beginning, middle and end. There is some narrative and in theater, in place, there is always a, it is the birth of tragedy. It is Apollo versus Dionysus. So you are telling the story and there is, there comes a problem and then you solve the problem and there is a solution. And that is what you are doing with the pits. You have to come with a story. Why are you doing this? What's the problem? How are you solving the problem and how are you making the world a better place with your solution? And if you can't answer these questions and if you are, if you don't have a solution that is making the world a better place, then I don't think you have a solution. I love it. So it sounds like a lot of CEOs should take some drama or some storytelling drama classes. Uh, classes, right? To to be able to present their, build their brand and present their story in a better way. Yeah, drama or or new writing or writing classes. Uh, it is. It's only 
and also music. I mean, it is it is about this journey. Something ha- happens, and there is a solution. Very interesting. So you wanted to keep the creativity when you switched from theater to something more family friendly. Tell us how you use the creativity now in in your role as Zero as Mozilla. It is mainly that our product, Mozilla, is a creative product, and it is making the education system more creative, and it is making children like I was a better in school. So it is motivating children, and it is embracing the fact that children are diverse, and it is a solution for all children where they learn through play and create with iPads or phones that they already have in their hand, but then they will feel the journey and get motivated to learn and increase the learning engagement of that child. And that is what we are doing. You said the ch- children like me, like how I was. So you felt that you were different at school. Like so many others, uh, 50% of children actually don't fit into the system because the system is made to, it, it is like the educational system is made to make you an academic or make to make you, uh, uh, so, so you will become a professor in the end. But what about the musicians and the actors and the the creative ones? And now we live in a world that is going very quickly into the 21st century where creativity is going to be the main skill to succeed in this world. Therefore, we need to start with early intervention really early on and give the children some tools to nurture those skills. Yeah, to nurture and, those skills. And I am living in a household. My, my husband is a professor, right? Or assistant okay. professor at the university, but he does need creativity a lot in his work. And that's why I see that his hobbies, like music, he's playing guitar, he used to sing in the band, he's now chewing clothes, he's baking and okay. whatnot. Oh. And I, I do feel like that is his processing time to then come to work next day and actually be more successful at what he does. So yes, there are a lot of systems and he's doing it in software engineering. That's quite a technical area, but this create those creativity outlets for him are, I believe, a part of his success uh, and progression, quite quick progression in the career. Um, yeah. So even in the academic world, we do need creativity, I believe. Yeah, and we need creativity. And that is actually when, when I come from this theater world, into this workplace, mm. I'm actually finding myself just that I, I judged people before, perhaps, mm. from other, other industries. I thought that software engineering and, and the programmers, I thought that, that they were quite in the box, but that is not the case here. They are really, that is the creative path here. We have brilliant programmers and technicians that are every day thinking of new solutions, new innovative ways. And that is what, how they do it in coding. So then they code it uh, uh, and find solutions and find, uh, and find uh, create new codes that no one else has done. So that's very creative and, and I'm just very fascinated to see them work. Thanks for sharing that, Jungunar, because I think that this is a 
very vulnerable point when opening up saying have I've been judging people <laughs> outside mm. of my box or my world, yeah. right? And uh, I hope that this conversation is opening up for more techie people, for example, to see like, hey, creatives can actually make a great contribution to what I do. I should be talking to those people because they can ask me questions that my people at work will not ask and so on and so forth. I, I think this is beautiful for us to merge different industries, to merge different ways of working and thinking so that we can actually create better solutions that will accommodate for the development of the world that we need and we see right now. Yeah, definitely. And every work need, uh, workplace needs diversity. And that is hopefully in the future when Mozilla builds, and when we build the team of Mozilla, we will have a, a even more diverse group and uh, with different kinds of backgrounds because the collective mind is so, so much better than the individual mind. Absolutely. Collective intelligence is the power. Yeah. That's what I see in my network. Whenever people come together in my masterclasses, they're like, how do you get all these people into one room? And that's the power of, of networking and actually attracting people who, who are somehow different, but can be open enough to listen to each other and ask each other questions and discuss something very respectfully. It's, it's very powerful. And I really hope that more and more of us are opening to that. Yeah. Uh, I want to probably ask the last question, uh, mm -hmm. going from the theater world to the ad tech, was there anything that you had to relearn or unlearn? Yes, every day. <laughs> every day we are, I'm learning something new. And that is perhaps the what I found out in the MBA is also, I just really like learning. And to go through the pain of the important things and go through the Excel sheets and really try to calculate those numbers. It's so much fun when you see the outcome and when it uh, becomes real. And when you see that the forecasting is going right in your direction, that is, that's an achievement. Mm. So I thought I, uh, well, I had never done any Excel. I had never been in Excel sheets uh, until I was 35. And also because I, I, I finished the high school and went straight into drama school. So, so all this business background is new, but that is the fun part of it. Um, and I think, I think people like what I can bring to the table. It is a different view and hopefully Mozilla does the same. Wonderful. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 